Hello and welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast. My name is Kenny Kramer, your host of the show. And and this is a, a newly um, decided podcast. Um, I've been wanting to have my own sports podcast for a while now, ever since I've been a part of the, the Lug Nuts podcast group. Um, and it was an idea that I threw out and I've just sat on it for a while. And, um, now that I got a little bit of free time, I have decided to start the, uh, the sports podcast that I've been wanting to start. And I just never could come up with a a good name. And with help from, um, my, uh, pastor Steve, and Nick, we came up with a good uh, biblical um, sports name for the for the show, and we came up with the Good Fight. And um, it's it was one of those where where uh, it was said out loud, and where it's like that name just stuck from right there. And so we kind of rolled with it, and, and now. Um, we we're starting to get it off the ground. Um, so basically, a, a little bit about the the podcast before I dive into um, the first episode here is basically we, we're going to focus on a lot of the local sports uh, around the northern Indiana area, um, mostly uh, Laville and, and, and Notre Dame, uh, two. One of which is my uh, alma mater, uh, my high school, Laville, and, and Notre Dame, just because, well, it's the local college team around here, and I'm going to say I'm a big, big Notre Dame fan. I'm going to wear that on my sleeve a lot during the podcast's um, episodes. So we'll also cover some NCAA sports. Um, that'll mainly include uh, college football and college basketball, Two of uh, the two big uh, college sports um, things, uh, and then we're also going to cover a little bit of pro pro sports, um, NFL, NBA, and a little bit of NHL. Go Blackhawks, by the way. I'll uh, be talking a lot about the Blackhawks and and all that. Uh, so now let's let's dive right into uh, episode one here, um, and we're we're going to start off uh, with something that happened. Um, recently uh on monday uh the college football playoff national championship um which featured number three tcu who was 13 and one at the time and the the overall number one team uh the georgia bulldogs 14 and 0 um and there was a lot of talk about um how tcu could pull off probably one of the biggest upsets um of the year and maybe even in college football history, knocking off the, the powerhouse of Georgia, who was just steam, who was steamrolling and, and was caught off guard a little bit in their uh, semifinal game. And we'll dive a little bit into that uh, later. But there was also talk of like Georgia just going to demolish TCU as well. And um, I thought going into the game that uh, Georgia would win um, – in a close game. And I think a lot of people thought that Georgia would win in a close game. Um, and some people even thought that if everything went how they should, TCU could pull off 
uh, the upset. Um, and, and then we'll break down what happened in the game uh, later. So we're going to dive a little bit into uh, the teams here and some of the players and the coaches and what and what have you. So TCU, we're going to start with the Horn Frogs, uh, TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, their first semifinal game uh, was the Verbo Fiesta Bowl uh, against the number two team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines. And TCU came into that game um, red hot. Everything went their way. They made little to no mistakes. The mistakes they made were ones where you can clean up in a practice. Uh, tipped tip balls, uh, some penalties that were kind of costly. But when TCU needed to score, they scored. And their defense stepped up to the challenge and stopped the Wolverines, who had the best rushing attack, and held them in check for most of the game. And um, TCU um, stopped Michigan twice in the red zone, forcing, for, uh, also forcing a turnover inside the two-yard line, which is unheard of for Michigan this year because they were cashing in every time they were in the red zone. And TCU stopped Michigan for 80% of the game, I would say. And... TCU comes off with the win, fifty-one to forty-five, uh, was the final in that game. So TCU was led by uh, Max Duggan, the starting quarterback of the Horn Frogs, and going into the national championship game, he was twenty-five and seventeen as a starting quarterback, which is not bad for a starter. Uh, he was also a Heisman Trophy finalist for this year, um, and he. So a little, let's dive into his his um, background a little bit at TCU. Uh, he threw for a freshman record 2,077 yards, 15 and 15 touchdowns in 2019. That was his first year as a starter. Um, still going ahead in 2020, uh, finished six and four, um, and only played 10 games because of a short uh, year due to the due to COVID, um, and he threw for uh, 1,795 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, so almost got back to the 2,000-yard mark as he did in 2019, um, but due to the only playing 10 games, um, he finished 6-4 and four and two, just below 1,800 yards uh, and 10 touchdowns. Uh, he also ran for 526 yards and touch and 10 touchdowns. So he was responsible for 20 touchdowns in 2020 alone, which is remarkable. That is really good for a, a starting quarterback. Uh, 2021, though, was when he had a little bit of um, uncertainty uh, when he started 3-5 and five that year, and then he was benched for a uh, second-string quarterback. And um, do and because of that, the um, head coach at the time, uh, uh, Gary Patterson, uh, he was fired. And the now head coach, Sonny, uh, and there there was a interim head coach for the rest of that year. And then uh, their current head coach, Sonny Dykes, uh, stepped in and took over the team in 2022. Um, so in 2022. 
in the offseason, there was a lot of speculation as to if Max Duggan would even get the starting spot due to Sonny Dykes coming in and because of the fact that Dykes also said that there would be a uh, competition for the starting quarterback, which everyone thought that Max Duggan would get that spot. But because of the competition and the new head coach, a lot of speculation was brought to Max Duggan as to, okay, well, he's probably not going to get the starting spot. Uh, in any case, he won the starting spot in this last season and then led the Horned Frogs to a 12-0 and regular season, um, then lost to Kansas State in a rematch in the Big 12 uh, championship game. Uh, they lost that 31-28 uh, to in overtime. Um, the game was really close, um, and Kansas State kind of jumped on to TCU, but TCU then came back and forced overtime, and then Kansas State won it on a field goal uh, to beat uh, the Horned Frogs in the Big 12 championship. Um, so then they beat Michigan, as I said, in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, which was the semifinal game of the college football playoff. Um and then they reached the national championship after beating Michigan. Um, so Sonny Dykes, uh, head coach, uh, who came into the national championship game 84-64 and 64 as a head coach. Uh, that was his total record, and he went 13-1 and one at, K- at K-State, uh, Kansas State. Um, and before he took over Kansas State, he was the head coach at Southern Methodist. Uh, SMU for short, and he was also a assistant under the um, late and who uh, late uh, Mike Leach, who passed away recently uh, due to a heart attack. Um, Leach Leach was a great coach. Uh, he coached at Texas Tech. And he was basically, and, and Leach was the start of the uh, air raid offense, and he, he he was good. And then he took over at uh, Washington State, and then he went to Mississippi State, um, and that was where he was until he passed away uh, this last year. Um, he's going to be missed. He was missed by a lot of. He's missed by all the teams that uh, had him as a head coach, and. Uh, College football was in a, a world of hurt when he uh, when he passed. So uh, anyway, um, so uh, Kansas uh, the T- uh, TCU Horned Frogs lost to uh, Kansas State as I said in the Big Twelve Championship game, um, and then they were unranked to start the season, and then finished the season ranked number three in the in the playoff in the final playoff poll which had never happened before never had a un, unranked team reached the college football playoff that was the first time that it's ever happened in the playoff era and this was the first trip for TCU to the playoff and to the national championship so TCU had never played in the playoff and the national championship game until this year which was incredible um, so now we'll move on to the Georgia Bulldogs, um, and they were coming off a close semifinal game against number four Ohio State, um, which 
Georgia won because of the fact that Ohio State missed a game-winning field goal um, with three sec with about seven seconds left in the game, and um, it was crazy because when the Ohio State player kicked it, um, twenty twenty-three um, had just arrived, so. Ohio State player kicked it as the new year was being brought in, which was pretty crazy. Um, and Georgia trailed for most of the game. I mean, Ohio State really took it to Georgia, and Georgia responded uh, in a way that a championship team would. They were they were down. They were almost down by 18 points at one point, and they responded. Um, the mental the mental edge that Georgia had in that game was we're going to come back and we're going to win. Uh, you can kind of tell that Georgia just kind of responded um, in that way by, you know, answering Ohio State and scoring when they had to. And the defense for Georgia stepped up and really and really won them the game. I mean, the defense for Georgia really won them the game, and Stetson Bennett didn't really have his gr- uh, great game at all. Um, it was probably one of the worst games he's played in a while. Um, and we'll dive into Stetson Bennett here in a little bit, but it was a great game. Um, it, w- it was the best semifinal game out of the both. Um, and so after after Georgia beat, beat Ohio State, they moved on to the national championship game. Um, and so Georgia is – is and was led by uh, Stetson Bennett, um, the fourth. And as a starting QB, he was 28-3 and going into the national championship game. And his story um, is crazy because he was a former walk-on. Um, and then Georgia wouldn't take him. At the time, so he transferred over to uh, Jones County Junior College, and he went there to basically prove himself. He wanted to prove himself himself for Georgia, and when he did, he threw for 1,840 yards and in 12 games uh, at Jones County. And then after that year, he entered the transfer portal. Um, he wanted to go to another school, but he committed to Georgia, and and he was only a three-star transfer at the time, and he transferred into Georgia in 2019 and became the backup. Uh, In 2020, uh, became uh, the starter, Um, and then he – no, he became the backup in 2020 as well – no, in 2020, he did become the starter. My bad. Um, getting a little ahead of myself. I uh, did become the starter in 2020. Um, and then took the starting spot uh, over JT Daniels, um, who transferred in from USC. And after he got hurt on uh, the first game and then led the Bulldogs um, in 2021, to a uh, undefeated regular season 
Um, they then lost. They lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game, forty-one to twenty-four. And uh, there was a lot of um, speculation after um, that game as to whether or not Bennett should be the starter, because at the time Daniels was healthy. Um, and people were like, okay, well, let's put in Daniels because this Bennett guy just can't—he can't step up to the can't step up to the plate. Um, in any case, he continued to be the starter, um, and then led them to the 2021 national championship game in a rematch versus Alabama, um, which was a crazy game in Georgia. Georgia won uh, because of Bennett and because of the defense again. Um, so then in 2022, um, he was a starter, and he led the Bulldogs, a.k.a. the Dogs, to a 12-0 regular season, um, and then beat LSU in the SEC championship, and then beat Ohio State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, um, which then in turn returned them to the national championship, and they were going if the, and, and if and if Georgia won uh, the national championship game, they would be the first team to ever repeat as champions in the playoff era. So no team had ever repeated as champions. Uh, the only teams who came close, the only two teams that came close were Clemson and Alabama. Those were the only two teams that came close to repeating but never um, got the opportunity because the other team would, would beat them. Um, and so... With, with and that was pretty and that's pretty crazy to think about as well because the last time that a team had repeated uh was the 2011 and 2012 Alabama teams when Alabama beat LSU in 2011 and then beat my Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the BCS National Championship game uh in 2012 uh that was the last time that a team had ever uh repeated as champions which is crazy to think about because that was a decade ago. Um, so, at any rate, uh, Georgia's head coach is Kirby Smart, um, and he went in. He's he came into the national championship game 80, 80 and fifteen, um, and he's he's got a crazy story as well because he graduated from UGA uh, Georgia in nineteen ninety eight. Um, so he's he's coaching uh, at his alma mater, which which is crazy to think about too, um, and he and he was a he was a great player at Georgia, um, and then he he's won two he he had already won two national championships as a defensive coordinator at Alabama, uh, 2011 and 2012, um, and so he's he was he had been in the national championship before uh, as a D coordinator. Um, and he was also in the 2021 national championship with Georgia, which he won. So he's already got three national championships, two as a defensive coordinator and one as a head coach. So he knows the national championship. He knows how to get his teams prepared for that game. And, and his team was ready. Um, so Georgia, to start the season, they beat uh, Oregon uh, 49-3. to and that was just to start the season. And everyone was like, okay, Oregon is not as good as they think. And Georgia is absolutely 
light years above everyone else. I mean, it wasn't even close. Um, and then during the season, they beat number one, Tennessee, 27-13 at home. Um, and Georgia really manhandled uh, the Volunteers in that game. I mean, the game really, really wasn't that close. Um, so, and anyway, um, so let's dive into the game. And there really isn't much to say other than Georgia just dominated TCU. I mean, it wasn't even close. Um, the final score was 65-7. to um, And that was the most points scored <laughs> in an FBS bowl game. And the largest margin of victory in the national championship. So a lot of records were set. And records that TCU didn't want to have set against them. Um, and it was also the first team to repeat as champions uh, in the playoff era. So Georgia's the first one to do it. Um, and let's break down the the uh, the quarterbacks here, if if we can. So Stetson Bennett finished um, 18 for 25 with 304 yards, uh, four touchdowns, and then he ran for 39 yards and two touchdowns. So. In the game, he was responsible for six touchdowns, which tied a uh, record that Joe Burrow had set at LSU in uh, 2020, in 2019, my bad, for most touchdowns responsible for, which was also six. So there has been now been two starting quarterbacks that have uh, been responsible for six touchdowns in two separate national championships, which is crazy. I mean, it is just crazy. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, had the game of his life. He could do whatever he wanted. Uh, he could throw the ball to whoever he wanted. Um, their uh, tight end for Georgia Bowers, uh, who won the uh, best tight end award, uh, beat out um, Michael Mayer for Notre Dame for the best tight end. And I'm not even going to go into why I think Mayer deserved it more than Bowers. Uh, that's a conversation for another time, um, and it's not on this podcast. Uh, any rate, so Bennett finishes his career uh, with just insane numbers. Uh, he finished twenty nine and three as a starter, so he was the winningest court. He's the winningest quarterback uh, in George in probably Georgia history. Um, he's probably he's one of the best players to ever come out of Georgia now, and he threw. For 8,428 yards, uh, 66 touchdowns uh, to just 21 interceptions, and then ran for 530 yards and 14 touchdowns. And then he uh, also had a 65% completion percentage, which is pretty darn good for college football. Um, and now... It's a question of, okay, is Bennett good enough to play in the NFL? Uh, only being a hair short of six foot, um, a lot of people are saying, is he going to be tall enough to play in the NFL? Um, I think he can. I think he's got the arm strength to play in the NFL. He sh certainly has the um, the mindset to play in the NFL I mean in the national championship game he showed that you know he's not afraid to take the deep ball 
and but he also is like, okay, I'm going to take what the defense gives me as well. I mean, a lot of the times, Bennett really didn't throw long bombs down the field. He gave he th- threw the ball to the receivers where the TCU defense was allowing him to throw the ball, and he torched that defense. I mean, he just torched it. Um, and so flipping. Flipping over to the TCU side, uh, Max Duggan, he finished 14 for 22 uh, for 152 yards, two interceptions. Uh, he threw no touchdowns. Uh, he was sacked five times, and he he also scored the only touchdown for TCU on a run play from the, I believe the three yard line. Um, so he was the he was the um, lone scorer. For the horn, for for the horn frogs, I'll say that five times fast. Um, so he finished his career twenty-five and eighteen as a starter, threw for nine thousand six hundred eighteen yards, seventy-three touchdowns to twenty-eight interceptions, um, and he also ran for one thousand eight hundred fifty-six yards and twenty-eight touchdowns. So. He also had a great career. He was responsible for 56 touchdowns for the Horned Frogs, and he had a 60% completion percentage, um, which is not bad, but it's also not great. Um, and for the coaches, uh, Kirby Smart, he's now 81-15 and 15 as a head coach. That is crazy. Uh, he's a two-time national champion just as a head coach. Uh, he's a two-time SEC champion um, in 2017 and 22 with the Bulldogs. He's also a five-time SEC East Division champion, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2021, and 22. Um, and his record in bowl games is 8-2 and two with f- five of those coming in the college football playoffs. So he's 5-1. and one in the college football playoff. Um, on the flip side, uh, Sonny Dykes now 84-65 and 65 as a head coach. And he doesn't have a whole lot of accolades. Uh, he does have uh, a, Western Athletics, a Western Athletic Conference Championship in 2011 uh, with Louisiana Tech, uh, where he was before he took over um, SMU. Um, and he's 2-4 and four in bowl games. Uh, but he's one and one in the college football playoff. So can TCU come back? Uh, it's going to be hard because they lose Max Duggan. Um, but, I mean, what TCU did to get here is, I mean, they hit the transfer portal hard, and I expect nothing less from TCU to uh, continue to hit the uh, – transfer portal and try and get more guys uh it looks like tcu was trying to just win now rather than you know build up their program uh and it's kind of the opposite for georgia georgia is one of those they like to build their program up through recruiting and high school recruits um and that's not saying that georgia doesn't get you know the occasional transfer in or you know players transferring out i mean all schools do but i mean georgia really wants to just develop uh, raw talent and I mean they have done it well I mean they are now in my opinion I think they have taken over uh, the top spot in college football um, 
or replacing uh, Alabama um, as that top spot. So, I mean, I think college football now revolves around Georgia. Uh, Georgia is going to be there, and it's going to be whoever's going to be facing Georgia uh, better come ready to play, or you're going to be facing <laughs> what TCU did in the national championship game. And, it, I mean, it's not going to be pretty because Georgia is going to take it to you, and they're not going to let up. I mean, during the game, um, late in the game, the fourth quarter, it was it was like fourth and fourth and five, fourth and four for Georgia, um, and they were already up 59-7, to seven, and they were still going for it on fourth down. Um, and that's that's nothing on TCU because Georgia had their backs, backups in. So it's like, if you can't stop our backups, there's no problem here. I mean, <laughs> you you got to stop the backups f- for there to even be anything remotely wrong about that. So Georgia was light years above um, TCU in terms of talent and just ready to come in for play. Um, and so it was the most lopsided game I have ever watched um, in a while. Uh, it was it was crazy, and it was it was pretty boring, um, to say the least. Um, so let's let, let's flip to um, some high school high school um, high school news and other things. Um, so we're gonna start. As always with LaVille. Um, so I saw something today that the um, head coach for the LaVille Lancers, uh, the, uh, the football head coach, uh, Will Hostrauser, is, uh announced that he was going to step down um, um, for this year. And that was pretty shocking news because, I mean, he had been with the, uh, the program for um, – it's now, it would be eleven years this year, but, um, I mean, he went seventy nine and thirty three as a head coach. Um, he won two sectional championships in twenty seventeen and twenty one. Um, he led the team to the Hoosier North Athletic Conference Championship um, in twenty two. Uh, led the Lancers this year to an undefeated regular season as well. Um, had two 10-win seasons. And what I think just encompasses Will Hostrauser um, and the most impressive thing to me was before he took over in 2013, the LaVille program had won a combined, won a combined one and 19 in football games. Uh, that one win came against... Um, Trinity Lutheran out of Indianapolis. Um, and, yeah, it was just... LaVille never had a a football team worth watching until Will Hostrauser took over. Uh, before Hostrauser took over, last time LaVille was good was... Um, 2002 and 2003 when they repeated as sexual champs and made it to the regional um, and lost uh, both of those years in the regional. Um, And, I mean, 
He he turned the whole program around. I mean, he brought in what he uh, he thought would be successful, and and boy was it. I mean, from day one, the players just took over, and they embraced uh, the change and his his mantra of wanting of how he wanted things done. And I mean, it showed in uh, the games and uh, seasons that followed. Um, I mean, uh, 2016, uh, LaVille uh, set the school record for football. Uh, with They went 10-2 um, that year. Um, almost won the sectional championship game. Lost to Southwood 44-41. Uh, um, and... I will continue to say that Ethan Crete scored a touchdown. Um, you can't tell me that he didn't because um, I watched him do it, and I had a camera on him, and I know that he scored a touchdown. So you cannot prove to me otherwise that he did, and I stand behind that, and I will stand behind that uh, until I hit my grave. But in any case, um, then... Uh, set the school record again for most wins uh, this most recent year. And they were the first team to ever win um, to have a undefeated regular season um, as well. Uh, finished the record season 9-0. and um, And then in the first round of sectional, uh, beat Whiting and then faced... The biggest test of the, the of the year uh, against the um, state champion uh, and uh, and Fighting Fifty ers uh, had the chance to host uh, host that game too, um, and came up on the short end, uh, lost to Andrean twenty eight to six, um, and it w- it was a close game until about the fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter came around, and LaVille just didn't have enough gas uh, in the tank to hold their end. And Andrean just kind of ran away with the game. Um, Andrean did have um, uh, a Notre Dame recruit, a a four-star recruit, uh, Drake Bone, um, who was the linebacker and running back and basically he was the tackler and the runner for Andrean um and he was he was pretty darn good the whole game uh he held he helped uh Andrean hold LaVille in check uh running the ball and and LaVille really didn't have an answer for uh Andrean and Drake Bowen um and Andrean ended up finishing uh, as runner-ups in the state tournament um, and they'll finish their season 10 and one and ranked um, number I believe number two in the final AP poll uh, above Andrean uh, Andrean finished number three uh, in the final AP poll um, so now we'll move on to uh, more high school news uh, the biggest um, the biggest tournament um, in the um, Lakeville, Plymouth area um, of northern Indiana is the Bi-County Tournament. 
um, the 58th annual TCU by County Tournament. Uh, that starts next week. Um, and uh, it is it, it is by far one of the best tournaments around. It, I mean, it is the it is the tournament for schools in the Plymouth, Lakeville, Walkerton, all those areas. I mean, I mean, it is the the tournament. It is probably bigger than the uh, state tournament because, I mean, you play against people that you um, you know, um, you're friends with, um, and I mean, you're the whole community of. All, uh, all the schools comes out and shows up and shows out in force. Um, and it's one of the oldest and most treasured tournaments uh, in, in northern Indiana. I mean, no other tournament and, and no other, just no other tournament even comes close in northern Indiana to even comparing to uh, the TCU by county tournament. Uh, by county, t- the TCU by county tournament was started, well helped, was helped to be started by uh, the late athletic director f- from Laville, uh, Dale E. Cox. Um, he helped start the tournament, and um, he, I mean, he he he's the. Pioneer, uh, pioneer, I guess of the of the tournament. I mean, no other. I don't. I couldn't. I can't really think of another word that basically describes that at, or better than he. You know, he was the pioneer of the tournament. He helped to get it started. I mean, he he helped get all the schools together, all of the logistics, all of that stuff. And then, I mean, ever the tournaments since have just kind of honored him in some way I mean I mean the year after he died it was it was one of those where there was so they honored uh, uh, Dale E. Cox um, with an empty seat where he always sat and you know they put a picture of him there and it it was nice to see that uh, Betty his wife was also there at that tournament uh, as well um so we'll get to the pairings here. Uh, the pairings for the bi-county tournament um, are as follows. Now these are varsity girls and boys, and also the uh, JV as well. So it's Bremen at Triton, uh, New Prairie at Glen, Argus at Culver, and Oregon Davis at Laville. Um, and then the semifinals, consolation games, and championship games are all held. Uh, at LaVille inside the Dale E. Cox Gymnasium. And uh, so I've my, my pick for um, the uh, Bi-County Tournament, um, I'm going to have to go uh, with Argus. Um, Argus just looks, just seems like one of those teams where they're, they're always known for defense. So you really can't score a lot on them, um, and if you do, you're probably having a great game, or they're having an off day on defense. Um, so my pick for the uh, by county tournament is going to be Argus. Um, I would say Laville. Um, uh, 
but LaVille is just LaVille doesn't have any any good scores that can go out and consistently get, you know, a lot of points. Um now that being said, the last that being said, uh Collins Arnecki for LaVille uh is a great shooter. Um but he's gonna have to really step it up if he wants to lead LaVille to a, a, a by county tournament championship because all of these teams are coming in and they're eyeing on that prize. They're eyeing the by county tournament championship because um, it's the most storied championship around here. I mean, a lot a lot of the play a lot of the teams don't really remember a whole lot of their season, but they remember um, the tournament games in the by county tournament um, and. And Laville, if they want to win, they they really gotta they really gotta really step it up. And uh, Collins Arnecki just can't be the only one out the, on the on the court for Laville scoring the ball. Um, different players have got to step up. Um, and I don't I don't know if that's possible just yet. So I'm gonna take Argus uh, as the champion of the 58th annual TCU by County Tournament. Um, and so with that, that's going to wrap up episode one. Uh, kind of kind of short and also quite long. Um, so we'll look forward to episode two of the Good Fight Sports Podcast. Once again, this is Kenny Kramer signing off. Uh, hope you have a great day. So long, everybody. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, you should go check out the rest of our episodes on our website at ccflugnutspodcast.com. You can also listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching the Lugnuts Podcast Group. Thanks for listening. And remember, Jesus loves you. And so do we.